Tonight, on the Midnight Train Podcast, the train heads on over to the Kentucky, West Virginia part of these here United States of America and visit a couple of the better-known families around them parts, the Hatfields and the McCoys. These two families sure had it in for one another, and we've invited some special guests to tell the tale. Listener warning, we say things like, Giddy the fuck up! Sister cousins ain't that sinful, and yippee ki motherfucker! All aboard! Hello, passengers. It, uh, who, who's that coming up here? Uh, excuse me, sir. Um, excuse, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing this here, uh, this, this podcast. Hello. Welcome to the Midnight Train Podcast. We bring the dark to light. What's that mean? Well, we make fun of and joke about creepy subjects while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. I am your host, Valentine James Sayer, but uh, you can call me the general. And I will be filling in for the conductor of the cryptic for this episode. And with me today is my co-host, Otis Deathdraw. Otis, how are you today there, sir? Hey, General, how are you doing today? I'm about three sheets to the wind. You've already been drinking, ain't you? I went up there, man, me a little shine, came back down to talk about this. Well, tonight's going to be a great time here, uh, Otis, so... Uh, I don't know why you killed that feller. Well, he was a little bit of a annoying little draw. That's all right. No, here we've got ourselves our third party. Please welcome Mr. Thomas Snakebite McCreary. Howdy, y'all. Snakebite, how you been? Yeah, I've been all right. Good to see you, fellas. But we're going to take this train to a little bit different of a territory. You guys ready to go? As long as there's a new hands in there, I'm scared of them. So you beautiful bunch of dark passengers out there may or may not know that we're just a couple of old hound dogs that love history and can't get enough of the mysterious. We want you all to know how much it means for you to be listening to us at this very moment. Your reviews and support really do make all the hard work worthwhile and saying that please uh, stop over there and give those boys a, uh, you know, over at Apple Podcasts, give them a five-star review because, you know, if not, you might meet the same fate that uh, old Isaiah did. Uh, come on. Hey, man, what, what is a podcast? Now, Snakebite, you just sit right back here, man. It's, it's fine. Get in the back, load up your pistol, and let's get going. That's when you go fishing. You throw that cast in the pile. It's not that kind of cast there, Otis. <laughs> now, it does help for some reason for uh, you, know, you folks out there to, uh, you know, leave that there review. And uh, so it would be very much obliged if you could do that for us. You can leave any review you'd like from what I've been told. You can also find it over there on Spotify and the iHeartRadio application. Now, General, what is that? A, what is a review? Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure. I didn't go to school, General. We know that, Otis, and that, that's fine. That's fine. I think you could leave some possum recipes, though. That, that, that sounds like a well, good possum idea. Possum stew. Yeah. Possum stew for everybody. I think I'd like the sound of that. That sounds great. So if you just clicked on that there follow button, and we'll keep on rolling. And uh, 
Patreon subscribers out there recently just received a Velasca Axe Murderer bonus episode. So if you're into bonus content and supporting this here show, sign up at patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast or head on over to the Midnight Train Podcast.com. Pick up some merchandise and sign up there. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Just calm down, Otis, and follow follow me. What I'm going on here, all right? I got I got this under control. Plus, as a lot of you know out there, we do have a lot of fun in the uh, official Facebook group, so I'd, I'd definitely like to see people signing up over there. Maybe say hi to us, fellas. That'd be fine. That'd be fine. All right, so uh, let's turn down the lanterns, adjust our saddles, grab some whiskey, and uh, let's get spooky. But uh, first of all, Woo-hoo! here's a toast to all of you. Sitting around drinking, we was talking about things that we was thinking when all of a sudden what comes out of Bill's mouth. Said I'm getting old and fat and slow and I don't recover like I did before from nights of rabble, rousing and too much fun. Well, I looked around and we all agreed and I had a drink and I ordered three and I staggered back. This here episode marks the last episode of a very tumultuous year. At least we gave you the super upbeat story of the Dozier School for Boys for your Christmas liking. This week, we are going on out with a bang. You may think you know the story. You probably know the names. You didn't know that Moody's wife is directly related to both families. And lastly- Now, General, that's upset you can't talk about no man's wife. Well, it does explain a lot there, Otis. I guess. I reckon it does. What do you think, Snakebite? I, I don't think the cat's got his tongue over there. Are you speechless? That's okay. We'll come back to you, snake bite. Well, they probably do want us to get to the point, so here it is. This week, we celebrate the new year by talking about none other than the Hatfields and the McCoys. And the Hatfield McCoys? That's right, Otis. I'm sure you've heard about them. I know about them folk. Well, we're going to tell the listeners out there a little bit about it. And the New Year's Day Massacre. Now, the patriarchs of each family during the majority of the feud were William Anderson Hatfield and Randolph McCoy. Hatfield was born September 9th, 1839 in West Virginia, now Logan, West Virginia, the son of Ephraim and Nancy Vance Hatfield. His nickname, Devil Ants, has a variety of supposed origins. It was given to him by his mother, by Randolph McCoy, earned from his bravery during the battle in the American Civil War, or as contrast to his good-tempered cousin, Anderson Preacher Ants Hatfield. Now, I also... (laughs) What's that snake bite? I said I also heard a tale that the reason he got that their name is because when he was fighting in the Civil War, he had the ability to get into battle and get out so fast that they said only the devil could disappear that quick. Uh, you think he was eating that peyote? Absolutely. I bet he was. Uh, I don't know much about peyote or anything like that there, but a Southern sympathizer, Hatfield enlisted in the Confederate Army during the American Civil War. He was commissioned a first lieutenant of cavalry in the Virginia state line in 1862. A group made to protect the territory along the Kentucky-Virginia border, 
where residents' loyalties to the North and South were mixed. The Virginia state line eventually disbanded in 1863, and Hatfield enlisted as a private in the newly formed 45th Battalion of Virginia Infantry. My pappy was in that infantry. Was, was he now? I think so. Uh, do you not know? Not my sure. grandmammy not... cooked the stew for the infantry. I, I'm not sure who my pappy is. So that seems like a very invalid point. <laughs> it must be that peyote. Well, he did all this before being appointed first lieutenant and later captain of Company B. His unit spent most of its time patrolling the border area against bushwhackers sympathetic to the, United, the Union as well as engaging in guerrilla warfare against Union soldiers. Was, was that them there wrestlers? Wrestlers. What's a wrestler? The, bu the bushwhackers, them wrestlers? I don't think that's the same ones <coughs> there, Snakebite. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, sorry. Sorry for the rain on you. You know brain. wrestling. I know wrestling. You know the bushwhackers. I know the bushwhackers. I don't think it's quite the same ones, though, is all I'm trying to say. All right. Devil Lance himself has been connected to battles and killings of several Union fighters, including Trackers, Axe, and Fleming Hurley in 1863. Is that Axe from Axe and the Demolition, right? Axe, we're wrestling again? Again, that we're not talking about wrestling. It, this is this is the Hatfields and McCoy, son. Do you all wrestle? <laughs> But what y'all talking about? Stomping around like you all know something about this? No, no, I do not want to wrestle. At this moment in time. Sounds like a gunfight duel to me. Otis, there ain't gonna be no gun dueling tonight, all right? So let's let's just tell the, the kind folks out there what they came to listen to. All right. All right. Let me drink this whiskey here. All right, you, you go ahead and drink now. Devil Lance and his uncle Jim Vance later formed a Confederate guerrilla fighting unit called the Logan Wildcats. <sighs> one of the group's victims was Union General Bill France, killed in revenge for losing one of their members to France's unit. In 1865, he was suspected of having been involved in the murder of his rival Asa Harmon McCoy, who had fought for the Union Army and was waylaid by the Wildcats on his return home. God them wildcats. A goddamn traitor. Union army. And that's exactly how this whole damn thing stemmed up off here. Some bitch. I'm telling you. Anyway. Otis. Are you drunk? I'm drunk as a scope. What question do you got there, I brought General? Him, I, I gave him a brand new jug of shine a little bit ago. And, uh, he... It might have been a good idea not to give that to him <laughs> right proper before we started. I know about but, them Hatfields and McCoys. He asked for it. What was I supposed to do? You're a good man, Snakebite. I do what I can. You're a good man. I try. Well, Hatfield had been home ill at the time of the killing, which was probably committed at the instigation of his uncle, Jim Vance. This may have sparked the beginning of the notorious feud between the two families that claimed many lives on both sides. It's like the best fucking thing on planet Earth. Because <laughs> it's so oh just God random. And in the all right, all right, all right. Here we go. Take take thirty two. Just keep hearing it. It's rolling. I just keep hearing it going. Not even a real gun. It's like it's like a horse in the background just getting what? Fuck. Oh man. It's character. 
Devil Lance was the Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> Awful lot of damn shooting going on around these parts. <laughs> Devil Lance was the patriarch leader during the Hatfield McCoy feud. His family and Randolph McCoy's fought in one of the bloodiest and most well-known feuds in American history. He was instrumental during the execution of McCoy, McCoy boys Tolbert, Farmer, and Bud, as well as being present during the Battle of Grapevine Creek before most of his sons and friends were arrested for the murder of the McCoys. Now, General, one would call that a family feud. That's it's funny you bring that up, sir, because there's something about that later on in the episode. What's about, an episode? Now, Snakebite, how do you how do you know about that? It was on a piece of parchment. <laughs> parchment now. That's correct. You don't you don't That's made from papyrus. You, you don't see too much of that around anymore. <laughs> My pappy had some. <laughs> well, Hatfield was baptized on September 23rd, 1911 in Island Creek. <laughs> 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 By William Dyke, Uncle Dyke Garrett, and converted to Christianity. He had maintained a largely agnostic or anti-institutional view of religion prior to this conversion. He went on to found a Church of Christ congregation in West Virginia. He was an, an uncle of the eventual governor. You got the West tuberculosis Virginia. snake bite? I believe it's called the consumption. Either way, you're going to die. Yeah, I'll go die. <laughs> this is very true, snake bite. Very true. So he went out again, like we said here. He was the uncle of the eventual governor of West Virginia and United States Senator Henry D. Hatfield. Now, Randolph Randall, or sometimes old Randall McCoy, grew up in Tug River Valley. You know, Tug River, that's where Snakebite likes to hang out. That's over up and down the valley, by northeast due, due west. It was. I, I only hang out there because of them catfish. Is that why? I just heard you'd like to get a good tug on every now and then. They got some pretty whores over there. <laughs> well, over here is which marked the boundary between Kentucky and West Virginia. He was born in the Kentucky side of the valley, one of 13 children. There he learned to hunt and farm, two main ways people living in this part of Appalachia supported themselves. McCoy grew up in poverty. His father, Daniel, had little interest in work, so his mother, Margaret, had to struggle to care for, feed, and clothe the family. That's kind of like your family there, isn't it, Otis? McCoy married his first cousin, Sarah Sally McCoy. A snake bite, you're familiar with that right now. All right. 
you married your second cousin, wasn't it? Oh, no, she was my first. Oh, she was. Well, no, I, I was misinformed. I do apologize. She was my first in several ways, if you catch the truth. <laughs> and that there is just absolutely disgusting. <laughs> well, Sally inherited land from her father a few years after they married. They settled on this 300-acre spread in Pike County, Kentucky, where they had 16 children together. That's right, 16 children make you make that noise, I tell you what. During the Civil War... It's a lot of cousin fucking... <laughs> That's correct, Snake Bite! <laughs> there was nothing for hobbies back then! So... I'm just emotional about the story. Hold on, let me compose myself. Okay. You are correct, Snake Bite. That that that's what happens when you have 16 cousins. <laughs> Especially when they all live in the same holler. <laughs> that that's right. That's over the valley. Chewy. Go ahead, General. Thank you. During the Civil War, McCoy served as a soldier for the Confederacy. <laughs> He may have been a part of the same local militia as his later nemesis, William Anderson, Devil Ants Hatfield. The family trees of these men were huge. There are many descendants around to this day. This also made keeping track of some of the issues tricky. Mostly because they fucked their cousins. <laughs> and you are correct on that one. I imagine it's probably it's hard. Very, it's a very slim family tree. <laughs> There's not many branches. <laughs> It's like a straight up and down pole, snake bite. Sure is. Lots of people were involved here. So first cousin marriage, Romeo and Juliet type of relationships between the families, all kinds of crazy stuff. The Hatfield-McCoy feud, also described by journalists as the Hatfield-McCoy war. It was a war, they said. That it, it was for, for sure it was. Was That's it like- there's so many of them. Was it side. like the Civil War? To a degree. There's lots of fighting. Lots of fighting. As and we're gonna talk about. Lots of guns. Lots of guns. Okay. Lots of moonshine. I like moonshine. And lots of cousin fucking. I really like it. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to let off a few shots there. <laughs> so this war involved two rural American families of the West Virginia, Kentucky area along the tug fork of the Big Sandy River in the years 1863 to who, 1891. Who do you got in that fight? You got West Virginia or you got Kentucky? I'm a West Virginia boy at heart, so. You from West Virginia? Absolutely, I am. But you, Otis? Kentucky, because they got the chicken. <laughs> it's fried chicken. I think they got fried chicken in West Virginia, too. Not as good as Kentucky. They got the colonel, and we got the general. So what's better? Biscuits on the side with us, with some honey. That didn't answer my question. I do enjoy some biscuits and honey. That's that Kentucky fried chicken. That KFC. A, was that a cousin fucking joke? <laughs> Don't you have a cousin named Biscuit? <laughs> Little bit of honey. <laughs> Make them biscuits go down smooth. 
Well, the majority of the Hatfields, although living in Mingo County, then part of Logan County, fought for the Confederacy in the American Civil War. Most McCoys also fought for the Confederates, with the exception of Asa Harmon McCoy, who fought for the Union. We already established he's a traitor. He's a damn turncoat. Son of a bitch. British? No, it's just a term for that. That's all. Don't follow. He can afford a coat. I have I have enough skins to trade to give me a coat. How'd that work out for you there, Otis? I didn't get a coat. That's why I'm cold. <laughs> well, a <What>? half. <laughs> why don't you just use the skins then? Well, golly! <laughs> I gotta keep you around more often, Snake Bite. I'll tell you what. I made it to the third grade. Well, I didn't go to school. Maybe you should have. <laughs> well, the Hatfields were more affluent than the McCoys and were well-connected politically. What does that mean? That means that they had more people in power as their friends. Does that help? No. That didn't help at all? I don't understand. Okay. You know, we'll come back to it for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, Hans's timbering operation was a source of wealth for his family, while the McCoys were more of a lower middle class family. Old Randall owned a 300-acre farm. Both families had also been involved in the manufacturing and selling of illegal moonshine, a popular commodity at that time. It's my kind of people. I do enjoy me some moonshine. Uh, I love moonshine. Oh, we can tell, Otis. We can I'm tell. A, you drink that whole jug already? Yeah. I ain't got no more, so you you out of luck, man. The first event in the decades-long feud was the 1865 murder of Randolph's brother, Asa Harmon McCoy, by the Logan Wildcats, as we mentioned, a local militia group that counted... I thought that was a football team. That's also a movie with Goldie Hawn. What, the Logan Wildcats? Just Wildcats. What did she do? I believe it also had Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson in it. Who are those people? They'll be around in about a hundred more years. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm not a smart man, but it sounds to me like you two and Tarnations are time hold travelers. On, hold on a second. They let women do things? Eventually. That's stupid. Is, is that a whip every time? What are you talking about? <laughs> you want some of this peyote, General? <laughs> I'm going to pass on that one right now, Otis. How about you, snake bite? I'm already way in it, man. I can tell by your eyes. Well, many people, people, even members of his own family, regarded Asa Harmon, who had served in the Union Army during the American Civil War, as a traitor. At the time of his capture, he was recovering from a gunshot wound to the chest. During the early months of the Civil War, Asa joined a company of the Pike County Home Guards under the command of Uriah Runyon and it is thought he sustained the wound while serving in this unit. Ace's Company E was mustered out on December 24th, I like mustard. I, I do enjoy me some mustard as well, but I don't believe that's where they were pertaining to that. Oh, all right. My apologies. No, that's okay. I'm just hungry, that's all. I like chili. My possum traps were empty today. I didn't eat nothing. Perhaps you fellas should have eaten before you came in today. Hot chili. Spicy chili. Well, they were ran out on December 24th, 1864 in Ashland. 
He was killed near his home on January 7, 1865, just 13 days after leaving the Union Army. A group of Confederate guerrillas took credit for the killing on his did, and his wife's pension application. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Did not real did they gorillas. train guerrillas to not, fight? Not real guerrillas. Snake bite. Gorilla, like armed uh, military people. Why don't they just call them soldiers then? <laughs> they are soldiers. It's just a... So they're guerrilla soldiers. They're more fighting for a po- political cause. So they got trained guerrillas, like from the circus, fighting wars for politics? Yes. You know, I seen that once. They robbed the bank over there. That's crazy. There was a whole mess of them. How do they train gorillas? It ain't easy. They bark at them. They yip, 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 yip. And the gorillas follow and they throw breadcrumbs at them. They kind of, do they do the same thing like when they train the elephants at the zoo? It's it basically the same thing. It, like for the big top? Yes. And the, gorilla, and the gorillas run around and the elephants run around. And there's a guy with the chair and the whip and he's whipping the lion. It is the same exact thing. He's whipping the lion. That's, and that's how the. So do they whip? They whip the gorillas. They do, in do fact, they... whip the gorillas. Okay. <laughs> well, his wife's pension application <clears throat> states that he was actually killed by the rebels. There are no existing record <laughs> records. Yeah, I almost messed that word up there myself. You want some of this peyote? I think I will. Here, have some general. Oh, golly. You're going to have to breathe. Are you going to be okay, General? I do believe I will. How many fingers am I holding up, General? 17. He's only got seven? Well, again, there are no existing records pertaining to his death, and no warrants were issued in connection with the murder. McCoy family traditions point to James Jim Vance, an uncle of Ants, and a member of a West Virginia militia group as the culprit. Relations between the two families continued to sour over the next decade before flaring again over a seemingly small matter, a dispute over a single hog. That's right. A hog? One hog. One singular hog. Correct. That means one. It might have been a blue prize rim and hog. It might have been, I don't know. Some of them guys raised some pretty big hogs. I believe it was probably a prized hog. I would say so. Hog wash. Maybe. Well, in 1878, Randolph McCoy accused Floyd Hatfield, a cousin of Devil Ants, of stealing one of his pigs, a valued commodity in the poor region. Floyd Hatfield's trial took place in McCoy territory, but was presided over by a cousin of Devil Ants. It hinged on the testimony <clears throat> of star witness... Bill Staten, a McCoy relative married to Hatfield. Staten, Staten, whatever the fuck her name is, testified in Floyd Hatfield's favor. It's a boy. That's what I said. His name's Bill. You know, <laughs> know any women named Bill? You know any men named Valentine? You. <laughs> and there's a McCoy named Valentine. We'll get to him later, though. The parchment said so. But two years later, Staten was violently killed in a fracas with Sam and Paris McCoy, nephews of Randolph. Sam stood trial for the murder, but was acquitted for self-defense reasons. I read somewheres. Wait. That, what? You can read? 
Well, uh, somebody read it to me. All right, let's be honest now, Snakebite. Come on. Snakebite, you went to school. I went to the third grade. I told you I made it to the third grade. He's got himself a good education is what he's got. But anyways, I can read like seven words or something. All the basics. It's good for you, buddy. And I, I was told, I'll say that, that I was told that according uh, according to the story, the uh, the pig's ear was, it had notches in the pig's ear. And that's what they were arguing over. Because someone said that the notches in the pig's ear meant it was one of the McCoys. But the other fella, them Hatfield boys, I think his name was James Hatfield. <laughs> now that's who they say whom the bell tolls. And he said that the notches. He's some kind of monster. They said the notches were the Hatfield notches. That I don't know. Brandon. But see, what I don't understand is how do they not know whose notches are in the pig's ear? Like, how do they have the same notches, maybe? That doesn't seem like that'd be uh, very conducive to their plight. Well, that's what I thought, too, but they both seem to think that they had pig notches. Listen, Snake Pie, when it comes to notches, size doesn't matter. It's how you get the job done. That don't, that don't even make no sense. <clears throat> it does to Otis. So within months of Staten's murder, a heated affair on a different sort was set ablaze at a local election on local election day gathering in 1880, John Hatfield, the 18-year-old son of Devil Lance, encountered Rosanna McCoy. Right, that's Randolph's daughter, by the way, if you're keeping count. Oh, is that old Randall? Right, Randall, yeah. Okay. Randall. Now, can I say something really quick? I'm sure you could. Okay. Now, another story that was relayed to me was that, accordingly, this, this account of the election is in most of the tales that are told about these folk. But if you look in the history books, which apparently tell you all kinds of stuff that used to happen, they say... We, they call those history books. I just said that, a history book. Correct. Okay. They say that there were no elections that took place until years later in that region. So they don't understand where that came from or if it's actually true. Is it possible that the election was internal amongst the, the hill folk down there? Well, like for a fucking mayor or something? <laughs> <laughs> like mayor of Tug River or something like that? There could be. Even if there's three people, there could still be a mayor general. Correct. A mayor general? What's a mayor general? He's the leader. Oh, I've just changed my name to Mayor General. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, good luck, Mayor General. General, you okay? It's Mayor General. Is it that peyote? It hit me good, isn't it? Whew! Damn good, Otis. Damn good. Well, according to accounts, uh, John's, uh, Johnsy, I believe is his name. Johnsy. I think it's just Johns. Johns? Because his name's Johnson. And I think they just showed it to Jones. But it's not son at the end. It's John C. <laughs> I think they call him Jonesy. But I think it's just pronounced Jones. Sometimes the E is silent. I learned that shit in third grade. Perhaps it's French and it's Jones A. I don't know many French people from them parts. I don't trust French folk. Can you talk like a Frenchman? Nope. What's a Frenchman? They smoke a lot of cigarettes. 
They're from France. I've never seen one of them. I don't get out of the town. I stay here. Well, John Say and Rosanna headed off, disappearing together for hours, supposedly fearing retaliation from her family for mangling with the Hatfields. Rosanna stayed at the Hatfield residence for a period of time, drawing the ire of the McCoy boys. Although they certainly shared a romance. What, uh, what was she drawing? The ire. That would be uh, hate. How can you draw hate? What does hate look like? It's a, I believe that there's a metaphor. Snake bite. What's hate. the metaphor? It's kind of like a dick fur. <laughs> That's when you got two. Right? go to school what's a dick <laughs> I can tell you what a dick for is that's where you pee to pee with silly that's all it's used for is just the pee all you, the you two are really <laughs> high on this peyote I think I need more Although they certainly shared a romance, it rapidly became clear that John Say was not about to settle down. <laughs> you okay, General? So much editing. <laughs> so much editing. <clears throat> I was not ready to settle down with Rosanna. Several months later, he abandoned the pregnant Rosanna and quickly moved on. It's like some bitch that he is. He got her pregnant and then left? Yeah. Well, that's not very nice. That's just how white folk will do you. That is not very gentlemanly of a fella. Well, then you don't got to take care of the baby and pay for it. You don't have any money to pay for it anyways. Yeah, that's why you run. That doesn't make any sense. In May 18... <laughs> Fuck! In May 1881... He married Nancy McCoy, Rosanna's cousin. According to the romanticized legend, Rosanna was heartbroken by these events. Poor cousin fucking. Yep, and never recovered. At least it was Rosanna. somebody else's cousin this time. Yes. Lots of cousin fucking. <laughs> the real turning point in the feud, according to the most historical accounts, occurred on another local election day in August of 1882. That was a real election. That was in the that's in the that's in what they call them history books again. Correct. Right. Right. It's written. They've written about it. That's right. They wrote it. They've written about it. They wrote it. I don't understand. <laughs> I got this tequila. It's a special elixir. I'm going to go ahead Wait a and minute. Wait, 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 wait. Where'd you get tequila from? Elms. Excuse me? Eh. I don't understand. General. So this real election. Yeah. In August of 1882. All right. Three of Randolph McCoy's sons ended up in a violent dispute with two brothers of Devil Ants. Well, that's not good. That's not good. The fight soon snowballed into chaos as one of the McCoy brothers stabbed Ellison Hatfield multiple oh, times no. and then shot him in the back. Oh, no. Authorities soon apprehended the McCoys. But Have you ever been stabbed? In the back? At all, just in general. Metaphorically or? In general, general. Now you're general, do you? I don't know what a metaphor is. I'm just asking you if you've been stabbed. I have. Did it hurt? It had. Did you say it was a snowball fight? No. The fight snowballed 
and meaning that it got out of control. I thought them's had a snowball fight. Not too and many. And one thing led to another, pulled out a blade, shoved him in the spine. Lower lumbar, L3 to L4. Not too many snowball fights happening in August of 1882 <laughs> in the hills of West Virginia and Kentucky. It could be an Indian summer so there's, day. There's mountains, right? There's, excuse Them me. Them Appalachians. I would highly doubt that that's, they're not going to be at the, there's not snow in August. <laughs> but it's in the mountains. Not the same kind. You of ever thing. looked at a mountain? I, I have. You there's always snow up. at the top of the mountain. At the peak. General at the peak. General, look at the peak. There's snow. See it? I see the Terms of the North, General Look. You're absolutely right. Let's continue. So authorities soon apprehended the McCoys, but the Hatfields interceded, spiriting the men to Hatfield territory. After receiving word that Ellison had died, they bound the McCoys to some pawpaw bushes. Within minutes, they fired more than 50 shots, killing all three brothers. What, what the hell's a pawpaw bush? It's a type of fruit. Well, is it fruit? Pawpaw is a fruit. It's also what I call my grandpa. I was going to say, that sounds like my grandpappy. That's, that's, yes, but it is a fruit. Are you calling my grandpappy a fruit? <laughs> You're saying his grandpappy's a fruit, General? No, no, I'm not. His pappy gave him papyrus paper, parchment. First and foremost, I don't know your pappy like that, so I can't That's talk a disrespect. About it. Though the Hatfields might have felt their revenge was warranted, the law felt otherwise, quickly returning indictments against 20 men, including Devil Lance and his sons. Despite the charges, the Hatfields eluded arrest during the McCoys boiling with anger about the murders and outrage that the Hatfields walked free. Their cause was taken up by Perry Klein. Isn't that that country singer lady? That would be Patsy Klein. So they mm-hmm. might be related. I'm not 100. I can't tell you they're not. It's not the same person. I, I don't know. This is. I tell you what, I fall to pieces when I hear her sing. I just fall to pieces. So do I, Otis. I don't get it. I I, I do believe that's one of Patsy Klein's uh, most famous um, little ballads, little ditties that she sang. She's a singer. Patsy Klein is a singer. This is Perry. She's Klein. a showgirl. No, she was just a singer. No, she's a showgirl. I've seen her at the casino. I don't believe that's who She you came saw. out dancing to twirl. Says I fall to pieces. Five dollars? And you throw your money? I can't say that didn't happen. <laughs> you throw so your wait money a minute. Wait, hold on dances. a second. Which Klein are we talking about then? We are talking about Perry Klein. The singer. That's Patsy Klein. <laughs> The Patsy. Perry Klein is the attorney who was also married to Martha McCoy, the widow of Randolph's brother, Asa Harmon. Oh, of course. Okay. But you got I got it now. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. All right. So years earlier, Klein had lost a lawsuit against Devil Lance over the deed for thousands of acres of land. And many historians believe this left him looking for his own form of revenge. Using his political connections, Klein had the charges against the Hatfields reinstated. He announced rewards for the arrest of the Hatfields, including Devil Lance. The media started to report on the feud in 1887. In their accounts, the Hatfields were often portrayed as violent backwoods hillbillies who roamed the mountains stirring up violence. That sounds like Otis. That sounds exactly like Otis. Well, I don't come from the backwoods. I come from the frontwoods. Where would the frontwoods be? (laughs) 
I I don't know. Is that the woods in front of the house as opposed to the back of the house? It's the front, you dummy. We go into the front of the woods, not the backwoods. I go out my backwoods, I don't know. You would, snake bite. I do. Well, the sensationalist coverage planted the seed for the rivalry to become cemented in the American imagination. What had been a local story was becoming a national legend. The Hatfields may or may not have been paying attention to these stories, but they were certainly paying attention to the bounty on their heads. In an effort to end the commotion... Is that like the paper towels? I don't believe those were even around back then. Well, I do apologize. I'm sorry for interrupting. That's quite all right, Snakebite. I'm just trying to keep everything straight. Did anyone else hear that arrow just fly over? I heard something. Could have been anything. Okay. Making sure that we weren't being attacked. We might be. We might be. In an effort to end the commotion once and for all, a group of the Hatfields and their supporters hatched a plan to attack Randolph McCoy and his family. This attack oh. would become known as the New Year's Day Massacre. When did that take place? That would be... Just listen. General, you got it? Are you on me to answer it? I'm just uh, in enjoying this peyote. <laughs> What's peyote? I'll answer. I think it was Sunday, bloody Sunday. That, I don't understand. Ever on the offensive, the Hatfield staged a sneak attack on the McCoy homestead on New Year's Day, 1888. Oh, I was wrong. Okay, well, uh, see, I get that it was on 1888, but what was the date? That would be January 1st of, 19, of 1888. How do you know, though? It doesn't say that. Because it's New Year's Day. That could be any day. Oh, that would be the beginning of the new year, which would be New Year's Day. Then wouldn't it be 1889? No, it would be 1888. New Year's Day starts day number one of the year, snake bite, and I didn't go to school. Even dumbass Otis knows this one. I don't understand. Well, they set fire to the McCoy home and what was eventually dubbed the New Year's New Year's Night Massacre. According to some accounts, the fire I thought it was the day. That was during the day. This was at night on New Year's Day. Then why is it called the New Year's Day Massacre if it was at night? Because it happened on New Year's Day. How much would happen at New Year's Night? It happened on the night of New Year's Day. Oh, Willikers. I don't understand. How much of that pay would you eat there, Snake Pie? Some. Well, according to some accounts, the fire was set while the family was still in the house, asleep, as a means of forcing Randolph McCoy to come outside where a Hatfield ambush awaited him. As the flames grew, the Hatfields opened fire on the house. McCoy did come out, but managed to escape into the woods, along with some children. Who he got suffered. away? He did. Good for him! With some children, however, they did suffer some frostbite. That's So, on, a, on another side note, <clears throat> I'm going to reference the parchment again. From your this, pappy? This might have actually been on sheepskin. I don't remember. I don't recall. Either way, go, go ahead. <clears throat> but I read, or I'm sorry, somebody read to me. I don't want to, dis, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to hoodwink the folk. Jesus don't like liars. Who's Jesus? Go on. Is he that Mexican fella? That that would be Jesus and uh, not the same one I'm speaking. But please go on, snake bite. All right, sorry. Anyways. 
<clears throat> there was another account of the story that said that they didn't actually get frostbite and spend the night outside because the neighbors actually let them in the house and stay with them. And that there's mightly neighborly. <clears throat> Now I'm going to keep it down low. I'm not going to lie. Because we're talking about the neighbors and we don't want them right a mile. If I heard lots of gunshots and people running around, I wouldn't let anyone in my house. I wouldn't let them in either. The other members of the McCoy clan weren't so lucky. Two of his children were killed during the blaze. And his, oh, wife, was, no. his wife was beaten so badly she was permanently disabled. With his house well, burning... Randolph and his remaining family members were able to escape into the woods. His children, unprepared for the elements, suffered again frostbite. Rema remaining McCoy's... Why is that in there twice? <laughs> I believe the person that wrote that... Well, I have to say they fucked up. It's a good thing I didn't write it, because I can't write. <laughs> Here's what I want to know, General. Very true. Mayor General. If they... Mayor General. If they got frostbite, right? It's when your fingers turn black. How come you said there was no such thing as a snowball fight in August? Oh, that's this, a good point. Because we're New Year's Day. This is January <laughs> of 88. Well, what was the I year? thought it was 89 because it was the New Year. New Year's of 88. Nobody even <laughs> mentioned the year 89. <laughs> <laughs> the remaining McCoys moved to Pikeville to escape the West Virginia raiding parties. During the 1888 New Year's Night Massacre, the I thought it was up. New Year's Day. <laughs> shut. What is going on? It is on New Year. The Hatfield set fire to the McCoy homestead in hopes of flushing the family out in the open. During the mayhem, Randolph McCoy's wife, Sarah, was beaten so badly that her skull was crushed. Oh, no. And his son, Calvin, and daughter, Alifair, were killed in the crossfire. Alifair, that's a pretty name. I actually do like that name. Alifair Sayer. There you go, General. <laughs> you can go have yourself a bastard child. Well, the missus and I are a little bit uh, a little bit long in the tooth to do that, if you know what I mean. I don't understand. General, it's not the size of manners. It's how you use it. Sarah McCoy had never participated in the violence of the feud, so beating her almost to death served no purpose other than sending a message. And send a message, it did, to the local authorities. They sent it like by pigeon, or was it like a... I believe, once again, that's metaphorical. <laughs> you still haven't explained metaphor. We'll come back to it. Sarah McCoy's gruesome beating and the murder of her children brought about the murder trial that judiciously ended the feud between the warring families. So it's over with? We're getting there. Right. This incident led to the last great skirmish of the feud as tensions were at an all-time high. After oh, the murders... Oh, no. After the murders and the burning of the house, there was an outcry for the Hatfields to be brought to justice. This led to the Battle of Grapevine Creek. I heard it through the grapevine. Have you, General? You ever hear it through the grapevine? I, I do believe I've heard that. Is that them dancing raisins that sing? I do believe you're both correct on that one. I've Yes. And one. they did that thing about books too, right? The raisins. Well, they got that. It was like it was like a library thing. You all know what a library is, right? Well, I, I most definitely do. They had one in my third grade. It had like six books. Right. 
where the red fern grows. That's a sad story. Don't talk about that. It's a classic. It's sad. <laughs> On January 19th, Devil Lands and a large party of his supporters faced off with Frank Phillips and his men in a large gun battle. In which... a party? I do believe the party is a reference to the amount of people that I was just going to say, that's pretty nice. After they killed their folk and then they had a party, they like invited them over and said, look, we're sorry for killing your folk. I don't believe it was that kind of party, Snake Bite. I, I do. Look, we'll come back to it. I don't understand. <laughs> Which this, this battle and this standoff entered local lore and the legend of the feud as the Battle of Grapevine Creek. Despite involving a large number of men and despite being the single biggest engagement of the entire feud, only two were killed in the battle. Well, that's good. It you would... think they were saying they're saying not much, Logan, would you pick mine? Because I heard it through the grapevine. You know what, though? I was just thinking, it's not really a good party if only two people died. I'm not getting your correlation. <laughs> Well, every time I have a party, at least four people die. Where do you put them dead bodies? Snake bites. It's none of your damn business. Over up the hill? I said, it's none of your damn business. Well, after this battle actually transpired, a deputy who supported the Hatfields was actually executed by Phillips after the battle. Oh, no. Following the engagement, Phillips withdrew to Kentucky, having succeeded in rounding up nine members of the Hatfield clan. Now, was that Wilson Phillips? I said, just hold on for one more day, I, right? I don't believe that's who it was there, Otis. I'm just going to shut up and drink this peyote. That's probably a great idea. So following the engagement again, he wound them, got all these people up. And once there, he learned that another governor, E. Willis Wilson of West Virginia, had entered the fray. And at Name least, is Willis Wilson? That would be E. Willis Wilson. E. Willis. E. Willis Wilson of West Virginia. Willis, That's a weird name. I never heard of E. Willis as a name before. I've heard of Wild, <laughs> Wild E. Coyote. Yeah, but E. Willis? Why not? Is your name like E. General? Oh, it's Mayor General. Yeah, E. Otis? Why you put an E in front of it? E. Willis. Why not just Willis? No, you dummy. If it was E. General, be E. General. That's what I'm saying. What's E. Willis? You Willis. What's you Willis? I don't get it. But Wilson demanded that the illegally taken prisoners be returned to West Virginia. Wilson expressed outrage to both Governor Buckner and to the federal government, sued the government of Kentucky for the illegal arrest of the nine prisoners being held there, and demanded reparations for the raids into his state. He also ordered the West Virginia Guard to mobilize and move units to the border in Kentucky to prevent further incursions into the state. In response, Buckner dispatched units of Kentucky's guard to the border area as protection against re retaliatory raids by either West Virginia troops or supporters of the Hatfields. Only two decades after the end of the Civil War, the military assets of two states were facing each other over their shared border as a result of the feud between the Hatfields and the McCoys. So Kentucky was about, chicken. Is about to fight West Virginia? Correct. Man, that's like another civil war almost. That's exactly what that would have been and transpired unto. two. Except nobody would have cared because it was Kentucky and West Virginia. Now, I can't say whether that's right or wrong. Now, what does he mean by that, General? Does he mean we don't matter? 
You very much matter. You both matter to me. I think we should go to the fishing hole. Do a podcast. Let's uh, let's continue what we got going on here, and then perhaps we'll go to the fishing hole. What we got going on here? Among the nine men taken to Kentucky to stand trial for the murder of Alifair McCoy and others was Valentine Hatfield. Oh, Valentine Hatfield. Hey, General. <laughs> it's Mayor General. Mayor General. <laughs> yes, Snakebite. Isn't your name Valentine? It most definitely is. Well, holy dog shit. This guy's name is Valentine, too. That's a very keen observation. You guys share the same name. We, in fact, do. You that's, should kill him. That's a really weird name to have two people called that. That is a very... It's also a day. You guys got the same mommy? You share the same mommy? There's no relation. First names don't mean you're related. Why not? It's your last name. I bet these two What's hands your last mommy. name? My last name? Yeah. It would be Sayer. Oh. Last names don't matter. Well, Valentine Hatfield, known as Wall and a man with some connections. Wait, his name's Valentine, but they call him Wall? Apparently, he was a big man. Maybe he was as dumb as a wall. Maybe. Like Otis. What'd you say? I said you're dumb. You want to go out and do? Don't don't make me go half field on you. And we'll we'll do ten paces. All right, fellas. Turn and I'll pull out my silver steel. I'll make this another Grapevine Creek. I heard it through the Grapevine. Well, he had some connections in the government of West Virginia. Through his administrations, Governor Wilson demanded the return of the prisoners by arguing that they had been denied due process and had been illegally extradited by Kentucky. Kentucky argued that the prisoners were in custody under indictment and that the state had no obligation to that return word, them. That doesn't say indictment. That says indictment. The C is actually... We'll come back to it. I don't get it. Hey, get out of here. We're telling stories. We, Damn horse. We just stopped playing with the horses. Kentucky argued that the prisoners were in custody under indictment, like we said, and that the state had no obligation to release them to West Virginia or in any other entity, regardless of the circumstances of their arrest. Man, they just told me to go kick rocks, huh? That's right. In April, the case was appealed by Governor That's Wilson very nice. to the Supreme Court of the United States. United States getting involved! The court issued no finding regarding the legality or illegality of the arrest, but agreed with Kentucky in their argument that no federal law existed which would prohibit the prisoners from being tried for the crimes committed in Kentucky regardless of the nature of events. What's wrong, General? The gunshots keep going off. I think it's a whip. No, that's a gun. No, that's a whip. But this resulted with them being in custody. The finding was seven to two in favor of Kentucky. With the nine men in custody pending trial, the feud was effectively over. At least as it pertains to violence against the other family. But several questions over the feud itself and the many participants arose in the aftermath of the arrest. Devil Lance was not among the prisoners, and neither West Virginia nor Kentucky authorities sought his arrest. Despite his physical location being well known, nor was Cap Hatfield in custody. One of the prisoners taken to Kentucky for trial was Valentine Hatfield, and at his trial he was convicted of involvement in the murders of the McCoy children and sentenced to life in prison. Well, I wonder what your mama thinks of that, <laughs> 
Again, there's no relation. I'm sorry. This peyote's got me all fucked up. But I wonder what your mommy thinks about it. I still that. don't understand how y'all have the same name. Your mommy's like, you know what? I can't come up with another name. So he's Valentine number two. Well, while Hatfield may not have been involved in the attack for which he was charged, in 2014, his great-grandson, an Episcopal priest, told the Bluefield Daily Telegraph that family lore was that Wall surrendered voluntarily and that he hadn't been guilty of the crime for which he had been charged. Hey, General, what's a pissing pole? Say, when you gotta go potty real bad and you grab onto the pole, let her rip. Uh, no, it, it's Episcopal. A pissing pole. That's a fishing pole. A fishing pole. Is it a fishing pole? <laughs> He also recounted a story of another relative visiting the Kentucky State Prison to review the records of his great-grandfather and learning of a different cause of death than that recorded by most historians. According to most accounts of the few, once he was convicted, Wall communicated with his brothers, <laughs> asking for their assistance in getting him out of jail, but they refused. <laughs> what does refused mean? I do believe that word is refused. <laughs> then why did you say refused? Because sometimes even the general fucks up. I told you it was a pissing pole. You don't want to believe me. They refused over fears of being arrested. Did they refuse or did they refuse? They refused. Okay. You got that? Yes, I do. Yes. I heard it through the grapevine. Wall died in prison under circumstances. <laughs> What's that, General? Peyote got you? General, just take it down a notch. Take a deep breath. I do believe that Peyote's got me all kinds of fucked up now, doesn't it? Y'all right, General? Yes. Mayor, General? According to his great-grandson, an official of the Kentucky prison system reviewed the records at the request of a relative of the Hatfields and reported to her that he was placed in a cell block alongside several convicted members of the McCoy clan who killed Wall Hatfield in prison. I thought his name was Valentine. It, it's a nickname. <laughs> What's that mean? That means they have the same mommy. Because they're both named Valentine? Yeah. Okay. What's? I still don't get the nickname. What's, what does that mean? It means the cause of death and the location of his grave were never released officially to the Hatfield family. That's who, a really dumb explanation for a nickname. Who still question the nature of his role in the feud. Why would they do that? Because some shit just ain't right. Isn't it on the parchment? It is. Is that the parchment your pipes gave you? Yeah. Who? I don't get it. Well, according to the accounts of several historians regarding the feud, Kentucky Special Officer Frank Phillips captured a deputy named Bill Dempsey, who had been supporting the Hatfields and executed him on the spot, an act of outright murder. Well, that's not nice. They didn't even give him a trial or nothing? Shot him right there. Man, that's not cool, man. That's just how it's done sometimes. That's, that's that frontier justice. That's right. Though he was not held accountable for the crime, so he got away scot-free. Really? Other accounts have Phillips similarly executing Uncle Jim Vance rather than taking him into custody. Uncle Jim. I had an Uncle Jim. Uh, he did things that weren't very nice. Was he like Jim Vance? No, it wasn't Jim Vance. He was maybe like him. I don't know what Jim Vance did. But they got the first name. Must be related, right? Well, that's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Like you and Valentine. Right. Or Wall or whatever they call him. Wall. 
Phillips referred to himself as Bad Frank and claimed to have ridden at one time with the James Younger gang. Whether or not true, he did name one of his sons Jesse James Phillips, and he was indicted at various times. In I knew that man. Jesse James? Not that Jesse James. The guy that builds motorcycles. What the hell is a motorcycle? It's one of them two-wheel dealies. What's a wheel? It's one of them things. It's it's a wheel. You know, it's on a wheelbarrow. A wheel. A wheelbarrow. That's like the whip. It's like a it's a wheel. It's on a wagon. Well, you went to school, I didn't, so you know, smart I Alec. I do know. I am smart. I graduated the third grade. Now, going back to Perry Klein. Whether Perry Klein instigated the feud using Randolph McCoy and his family as a red flag to enrage Devil Ants. Who's Randolph McCoy? Oh, Randall. He's the real oh. McCoy! Has been debated by many over the years. The story of ants using the courts to deprive Klein of a significant section of valuable land. Ants? Like, there were ants? Like, ants in the courtroom? Devil ants. They were devil ants? Is that like fire ants? Yes, mean little motherfuckers just running around. They bite you. <laughs> bite your shit off. You ever get fire ants in your boots? I have. Make you dance a jig. It most definitely will do that. So a significant section of the valuable land has been cited as the motive for Klein to travel to, da- uh, to try to damage the Hatfield clan. Some writers and historians have laid the blame for the feud at the feet of Perry Klein using his many instances of arousing the anger of the McCoys against the Hatfields as evidence that he manipulated the feud and inflamed it during its several periods of near dormancy. That means he's got an infection. If he gets inflamed, you gotta spit whiskey all over it. That's exactly right, Otis. But other aspects of Klein's character and his achievements in Pike County call this judgment into question in many ways. There is little doubt that McCoy family and their supporters suffered more deaths and the destruction of property over the course of the feud. So they got the short end of the stick, as they say. Most definitely. Why don't you just grab a bigger stick? That's what I always wondered, too. It doesn't make sense to me. You all right, General? Randolph McCoy's frustrations were elevated by his failures to obtain justice in the courts. Well, he should be upset. Klein may have just been using his influence and political connections to help the McCoy family. Klein was well respected in Pike County and its in- environs. He started. What does that mean? Uh, that would be his uh, location and everything around him. Environs. Correct. Sounds He's- dirty. <laughs> <laughs> He started the first school for black children in the county and was elected to the state legislature. That's not the school I went to. That, I, is that not the school you had gone to? No, I didn't go to that school. Oh, well, at least you went to school. I did, third grade. Third grade. Where he exhibited significant political skills. <laughs> the theory that Klein incited the feud to get back at Devil Ants also falls flat when it is considered that Ants' business remained intact and profitable in the feud's aftermath. And if anything, his influence in Logan County was enhanced. One of the motivating factors for the Hatfield attack on Randolph McCoy's home was the bounty placed on the heads of several members of the clan, including a $500 bounty on Devil Ants, the recognized leader of the Hatfields and their supporters. Ants, General, you're the leader of us. That's like you. you. You're right. Ants has gone down in history as the undisputed. I feel like I'm in a time traveling spaceship. What? Uh, 
snake bite. Now, now, what what exactly was that happening? I don't know. This thing sitting on the table just started doing stuff. And what exactly is that thing? I don't know. It's some sort of doodad. Some feller gave it to me. I feel like I've been hornswoggled. Are you a uh, time traveler? Baby. I did go to third grade. Well, again, Ants has... I don't understand. Ants has gone down in history as the undisputed leader of the West Virginia Hatfield clan, despite the fact that he was not arrested and was never tried for any of the multitude of violent crimes he supposedly directed. While some have ascribed his eluding prosecution to his political connections in West Virginia, it has been noted that his brother Wall held similar connections, which did not preclude him from being tried, convicted, and imprisoned in Kentucky, where he died. What does preclude mean? Ants was never, except when attempting to outmaneuver Frank Phillips and his posse of vigilantes on the He was the road. never what? You didn't finish the sentence. You said he was never went on the whatever. He was never on the run. Okay, you didn't say that the first time. If he was in a band, he'd be banned on the run. His that was wings, you idiot. A what? Wings. What? Wings. Oh, wings. Like on a bird? Well, his whereabouts were well known to both members whereabouts. of the Hatfield, Hatfield clan and the McCoy faction attempting to bring him to justice. Court records also demonstrate that Ants was prone to using the courts, both in Logan County and in Pike County, to resolve like differences. Basketball courts? No legal courts. Who settles the... Okay, whatever. I don't get it. Snakebite, just shut the hell up and listen to the story. I'm trying to understand the story. I need to know if it's basketball courts. You went to third grade. I know. I couldn't afford kindergarten. All right. right. It is not basketball courts. (laughs) It was public school. You don't. You didn't have to pay. I did. They tried to charge me. Well, you're an idiot. They did this to try to resolve differences, as indicated by the incident with the stolen hog. So, like, first one to ten? Right. Win by two. They were playing horse but pig. They were playing with horse. I got a basketball court. Nor was Isn't he that pre- polo. <laughs> Nor was he present during the attack on the McCoy home. He was part of the murder of the three McCoy brothers following the murder of his own brother, an incident which much of the Tug Valley found to be justified. If he was in fact the leader of the Hatfield clan, as most accounts claim, he nonetheless escaped legal retribution and attempts to exact <laughs> justice. To exact justice upon him in that would sound really close with the trial of the Hatfields in Kentucky. So now some rustlers or something. Cap Hatfield. Cap. Was his name was Cap. Cap. Is that short for something? Probably. Short. In crunch. It, we. He was the second son of Devil Ants. A man. Snake got your tongue, snake bite. What's Cap short for? Probably Captain. Is that better than a general general? Not in this house. Not in what house? <laughs> We're not in a house. We're in a shed. He was a man known to have a violent streak and a quarrelsome nature throughout the Tug River region. Oh, my dog, Cap. Cap was the type of man who preferred fighting to discussion and believed that vengeance was a duty. <laughs> duty? He likes duty? Of the offended. Cap was one of many of the feuds participants of which there are conflicting accounts. Some say he was arrested by Frank Phillips on the same day that the latter killed Uncle Jim Vance. The latter killed him? 
Others recount that he escaped Phillips on that day. At one point, he was in the Logan County, later Mingo County Jail, from which he reportedly escaped and eluded justice, probably with the help of his father. Cap was never brought to justice. That's not very nice. During I feel the like he should be in jail or something. Well, sometimes things <coughs> just don't work out the way we'd hoped. I know. Look at Otis. That's exactly what his mother. Now, what terminations that supposed to mean? It means you're an idiot. I already said it once. Twelve paces. What? Silver steel. During the trial, which led to the sentencing of Ellison Mounts to death, eyewitness testimony from Randolph McCoy was that it was Cap Hatfield who had killed Alifair McCoy, testimony which conflicted with the confession offered by Mounts. As Cap frequently sided with his mentor, Jim Vance, who consistently recommend violent solutions. Did I tell you I had an uncle, Jim? You did. I did tell you. You did. I don't remember. He constantly recommended violent solutions to perceived slides. It seems likely that he was present during the attack probably leading it along with his uncle. Cap escaped the feud in the pursuit of the vigilantes and vanished. In 1930, he died at Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore? One of the last survivors of, of the feud. in Baltimore. His death was described in the New York Times as being the result of a brain ailment. Brain ailment? Ailment. What does that mean? That's ginger ale on the brain. That's ginger ale on the brain. He had ginger ale in his brain? He did. He drank a lot of ginger ale. James Vance was well known in both Logan and Pike counties, referred to as Crazy Jim Vance by the McCoy family. And as that was, they called my uncle Jim Crazy Jim. Maybe it's the same person. It's not the same person. Then why do you keep bringing it up? Because it's crazy. Jim. We'll have a crazy Uncle Jim. You do. Just like you are related to Valentine. That's because they have the same mommy. And as Uncle Jim Vance of the Hatfield clan, the McCoys liked to point out that his father, Abner Vance, had been hanged. Abner? And had never been uh, married to Jim's mother. Nancy name is Abner. A guerrilla fighter in Logan and Pike County's Gorillas again! War. The gorillas are out! Vance was widely believed to have been the killer of Asa Harmon McCoy in 1865. Wait, uh, Crazy Jim? Correct. I thought the gorillas killed her. Vance was accused by the McCoys of being the leader of the assault in the McCoy home during the New Year's Eve attack, and there was testimony that it was he who had severely beaten Sarah McCoy with a rifle butt as she attempted to reach her wounded daughter. This crazy Jim fella's not very nice. He's killing like, everybody. Not a very polite fella. Your uncle's a dickhead. It's not my uncle, I told you. <laughs> we ought to strap him to the pissing pole. You're an idiot. Vance has been portrayed down the years as a psychopathic killer. One of the leading proponents of the violence which marked the feud. Well, that might be my uncle then. Following his death and the disappearance of Cap Hatfield, the violence of the feud subsided, despite Devil Ants, the presumed leader of the Hatfield clan, remaining at large. Some historians believe that Cap Hatfield... Oh, he Hatfield, was a big man? Oh, that just means that... Some historians believe that Cap Hatfield witnessed the execution of the wounded Jim Vance at the hands of Frank Phillips, which led to Cap's decision to flee the region. Despite his criminal history, Vance at one point served as constable. Though many of the Hatfields did so in Logan County, despite being considered outlaws in Pike County. So Vance's service with the law cannot be a consideration when evaluating his true character. Throughout the 20th century, the Hatfield and McCoy feud grew in legend. It became sensationalized in newspapers and magazines. I thought they said that it was over. The, the story, the legend, has... 
It became sensationalized, magazines fictionalized in periodicals and films, satirized in vaudeville and tri trivialized in cartoons and comics. Cartoons? I love cartoons. Portions of the feud were presented as romantic drama, as in the film Rosanna McCoy, released in 1949, which approached the feud from the perspective of star-crossed lovers of the Romeo and Juliet type. Oh, that must have been nice. I have no idea what in the hell you're saying, General. I gotta be honest with you. You're spitting out words I've never heard before. What, like Roseanne? Mark Twain was one of the first to use the feud as a basis for one of his tales, describing the feud between the Grandifords and the Shepherdsons in his Grandifords? I heard a story about Mark Twain, by the way. Well, he used that in his novel, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Even That's what I heard. Even Betty Boop occurred <laughs> in the cartoon with a feud as a backdrop. Who's Betty Boop? She was a cartoon, as I just said. But who was she? I don't she know. was working next to Patsy Klein. She, right. I gave her five dollars. Patsy and... Klein was that lawyer, right? That Patsy Klein was not a lawyer. No, Patsy Klein fell to pieces. I thought we talked about Patsy Klein, and it was a lawyer. For a third grader, you really are a piece of shit. You're an idiot. Well. In closing here, on June 14, 2003, in Pikeville, Kentucky, the McCoy cousins partnered with Rio Hatfield of Waynesboro, West Virginia, excuse me, Virginia, to declare an official truce between the families. Rio Hatfield said that he wanted to show that if the two families could reach an accord, others could also. And no, Is that not the Toyota. <laughs> he had said that he wanted damn it. to send a broader message to the world that when national security is at risk, <laughs> National security is at risk. Americans put their differences aside and stand united. Quote, we're not saying you don't have to fight because sometimes you do have to fight, he said. I like to fight. But I fought Otis the other day. But you don't have to fight forever. Signed by more than 60 descendants during the fourth Hatfield-McCoy Festival, the truce was touted. 60 people signed it? That must have been a big parchment. 60 descendants. So That's a lot of people. Ken folk. Lots of Ken folk. So this was I at bet the you they were all cousins. The truth was touted as a proclamation of peace, saying, quote, We ask by God's grace and love that we be forever remembered as those that bound together the hearts of two families to form a family of freedom in America. Governor Paul E. Patton of Kentucky and Governor Bob Wise. What was his name? Paul E. Patton. Oh, I thought you said Paul, like Paul, Paul. No, Paul E. Paul. 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 Correct. With an L. Yes, that's that letter. I know what an L is. Okay. Don't patronize me. He is a third grader, General. Third grade. You learned it in third grade. Yeah, I did. I learned the alphabet. And Governor Bob Wise of West Virginia signed proclamations declaring June 14th Hatfield and McCoy Reconciliation Day. They have a day? They have their own day. Is it? Is it that New Year's thing? June 14th. That's Bloody Sunday. I, it may fall on a Sunday from time to time. So it's not New Year's. It is not. Well, that's silly. They should have done it on that New Year's thing because they did that thing on New Year's. Ron McCoy, one of the festival's founders, said it is unknown where the three signed proclamations will be exhibited in that, quote, the Hatfields and McCoy symbolize violence and feuding and fighting. But by signing this, hopefully people will realize that they need to add that's one more word chapter. to that. It needs to be fighting, feuding, and fucking. They, they probably did to begin with. Yeah, they're cousins. The Hatfield and McCoy Reunion Festival and Marathon are held annually in June on a three-day weekend. 
The events take place in Pikeville, Kentucky, Madawan, West Virginia, and Williamson, West Virginia. The festival commemorates the fame feud and includes a marathon and half marathon. The motto is, no feuding, just running. Who the fuck would run for fun? They just run? In addition to an ATV ride in all three time, towns there. Why are you ignoring there? me so much? What the hell's an ATV, General? Otis, don't you like ATVs? That's it's a... like when you put your hogs together and ride them through the mud. It's the same thing, but with a, it's kind of like a, I don't know. It's like the hogs. I don't know what the hell you're saying. You know how sometimes you rope your hogs together and then you ride them through that big patch of mud? Now, snake bite. Those are your sisters. Calm down. There is also a tug of war across the Tug Fort tributary tugs. near which the feuding families lived. A live reenactment of the some scenes. Fa- I thought it was the Hatfields and McCoys. It's the feuding, because they were the feuding families. Oh, I get it. Right. I get it. Okay. A live reenactment of scenes from their most famous fight, a motorcycle ride, live entertainment, Hatfield McCoy landmark tours, a cornbread contest, pancake, oh, I love cornbread. pancake breakfast, arts, crafts, and dancing. Launched in 2000, pancakes. the festival typically attracts thousands with more than 300 runners taking part in the races. 300 people run just for the hell of it well they eat pancakes first how the hell are you gonna run after eating pancakes <laughs> sounds like a did you ever try to run after eating pancakes i've never run in my life <laughs> you ever had pancakes i did after i had hot chili i run to the outhouse in august 2015 members of both families helped archaeologists dig for ruins at a site where they believe randolph mccoy's word. house was burned they don't know where it was they're just looking around to see if they can find anything now. What are they looking for? Remnants. The hell does that mean? Pieces and parts. Why didn't you just say that? In September 2018, a wooden statue standing over eight feet tall was erected in honor of Randolph McCoy at the McCoy home place <laughs> in Hardy, Kentucky. Carved by a chainsaw carver, uh, Travis Williams, and donated to the property, this statue had been commissioned by McCoy, property owner, and Hatfield descendant, Bob Scott. The statue was unveiled during Hatfield McCoy Heritage Day. Heritage. I'll study it. Generally okay. You haven't stroked. I think, I think I'm stroking out. Well, should we get the doctor? Hey, Doc. Where I'm from, stroking out means something completely different. Please don't stroke out near me. You all right, General? So the event that occurs every September that brings Hatfield and McCoy descendants back to Pike County to celebrate the long-standing peace between the families. The McCoy That's home nice. place, they all get back together. like many other associated with the feud, is open to tourists year-round. Is that why all them people go down there? That's exactly why. So that there's the story <clears throat> of them there Hatfields and McCoys. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our news segment, WTF. Or as I like to say, what the f- Okay, so... Uh, I have a little special treat here. Ooh, treatsy, treatsy. You know, we were talking about Discord. Yeah. And getting like a server going and have people join it and whatnot. It reminded me of one of my favorite things ever that not a lot of people have heard or seen. Um, Peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> All right. So you guys know what Discord is? Yeah. We used it. Kind of. Yeah. We used it when we, we used were doing it a few the. Times during quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. It's a voiceover IP. Basically, gamers use it. So, like, if you're playing Call of Duty, 
and you want to talk to everybody like right. on your squad or your team, they all join the server and you're right. It's where, it's where it. millions of nerds gather daily. <laughs> exactly. No offense, nerds. <clears throat> no, not at all. We're all nerds. Correct. In our own way. Correct. So, I collect toys. I, I'm just a fucking nerd. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So anyways, <laughs> back in the day before Discord came out, there was an, a similar app and program called Ventrilo. Okay. I've never heard of that before. So was it a bunch would, of ventriloquist dummies? No, there's nothing oh. to do with that. Dude, that would be amazing. Like you get on there and like, it'll talk as you're it talking. It would be amazing. Yeah. So anyways, it was called Ventrilo and people would say like, you would get in a, a game of whatever Call of Duty back in the day and be like, Hey, get on the vent server so we can <coughs> communicate while we play. Well, it was notorious that hackers would go in and use soundboards and completely fuck up the servers, like fuck with people and troll them like, right. hard. So when we were talking about Discord today, it reminded me of one of my favorite videos of all time. It's, a, it's called Ventrilo Harassment. And what it is is this guy hacks into this Ventrilo server as these kids are playing with Darth Vader. Who's breathing in the microphone? Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. What the heck was that? I am your father. What is that? I am your father. It's really loud. If you only knew the power of the dark side. That shit is extremely loud and I don't like it. Perhaps you think you're being treated unfairly? Just mute him. And keep muting them every time they keep joining. No, don't let yourself be destroyed as Obi-Wan did. Oh, fucking retard. Somehow I don't think, unless you've got a password-protected room, he's going to follow you. He's going to follow me wherever I go. That is correct. It is useless to resist. <laughs> is it somebody who uses this thing? No. I am your father. I can't hear you. Mute him. Ah. Right-click his name, go to users, and hit mute. Now he's muted. Okay, much better. There is no escape. Oh, shit. Don't make me destroy you. All right, well, gentlemen and ladies, it's uh, now quarter after two in the morning for me. I'm going to call it a night. Perhaps you are not as strong as the Emperor thought. Can we change event rooms? No. <laughs> so, like, people would go on and just troll people like this. They'd hack in. Or, and there, there's, a, there's a bunch of them out there. There's like an Arnold Schwarzenegger one from Predator, which is really good. I mean, there's Trump ones. There's millions of them out there. When was this around? Uh, Early 2000s. Well, yeah. Yeah, probably early to mid 2000s, I would say. Yeah, I, I remember it all the time. I remember seeing that before too. I don't know if you showed it to me or if I've uh, never, yeah, never heard it. It's that. one of my favorites of all time. When you talked about Discord today, it just reminded me of like, oh my God, the Darth Vader Retrieval. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So just a little. Uh, a little what is that? Like, how old is that? What is that from? Uh, it's 10 years old. It's on YouTube. Okay. Okay. So. Okay, can I add something to the, uh, the WTF segment? Yeah. Cool. Um, simply, I just want to say, that this will be the last episode that everyone hears. Yeah, of the of year 2020. Fuck this year, dude. And oh. fuck 2020. Right? Fuck it and it's fucking holy shit ass. 
Like, fuck it. Yeah, I'm, I do. I'm with you. Man. I think it's hilarious, though, that everyone's like, oh, man, I can't wait for next year it's to come. It's not going to change. I know. Nothing, thing. <laughs> nothing's going to change. You're going to wake up on January 1st, which is called New Year's Day, if you're not familiar with it. And uh, where'd you get that? I just heard it somewhere. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you're going to, and it's going to be, you're going to wake up and it's going to be the same goddamn thing. And chances are you're going to wake up on the first and you're going to have COVID. Yeah, there's a new strain out now. So yeah, it's called the New Year's strain. Everyone's gonna wake up on New Year's Day with COVID. Bruh. What? It's like Y2K, but disease. (laughs) Please tell me you're kidding. No. You shut the fuck up. Why would I be kidding about that? Anyway, 2020 is coming to a close. And we are excited. Are we? This was uh, episode 72 or 82. 72. You're selling yourself short, man. 82. Yeah, it was, it was 82. 82. So it's been a good year. We we yeah. persevered through this. We put out an episode every week, regardless of Did what we, was going on. We didn't on. miss a week at all. We didn't miss yeah. Enough, yeah, we didn't miss a single week. I mean, week. some of us have missed time right. because of whatever, but, but the show still went the on. The show still went on, yeah. yeah. Who missed time? I did. Yeah, Jeff did. That's right. I did for COVID. You were kidnapped. Kidney Stone, you were kidnapped for like a month That's and a half. That's true. <laughs> I, was, I was in government custody and mm-hmm. on the run. Right. Dude. On a side note to that, oh, when I was on the run, I was coming through your backyard. Right. Do you know you got like a little stream back there? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, right. just be careful back there. Yeah, it's pretty There's wild. leeches in it, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Is there? Yeah, well. Oh, well, sorry. Remember that movie, Stand By Me? Yeah. And he gets the leech on us. Yeah. That's how I found out. It's a good movie. Yeah, it is a great movie. Hey, speaking of movies. Yeah. All right, so we actually have ourselves here a list of movies. What's a movie, General? What? What the hell is a movie? It's moving is, pictures. Is that a talkie? Yes, that's exactly. They what call them is. talkies, right? Yeah, I do believe. No, I know what this is. This is just like a Broadway play. I think it's a witch. So first of all, let's talk about the movies, horror movies, horror movies that were filmed. In the great state of Kentucky. How many ladies did they have to film? Not horror movies. Horror movies. So like their worst horrors or their horror? They were horrors that did it again. Right. Horrors. So you they... sure you went to third grade? You an idiot! So now there's only four movies on this list that popped up. From Kentucky? From Kentucky. There's only four that came up? First one that we're going to look at. a lot more horrors than that in Kentucky. First one we're going to talk about is from 2007. It is called Dead Moon Rising. (laughs) Says a mysterious disease overtakes the world and the infected develop a hankering for human flesh. Jim and his fellow cheapskate car rental clerks are oblivious to the changes going on right around them. Dead Moon Rising. Have you heard of this movie? I've heard of it. He says, don't go out tonight because it's bound to take your life. There's a dead moon on the right. That's bad moon, you moron. And that's a song by Creedence Clearwater and Revival. No, it's just Revival, not and. This stars Jason Crow, Jason Crow, Mike Seeley, Erica Goldsmith. He's in it twice? Apparently he makes two appearances in this film. 
They'd be different people like that Eddie Murphy fella does. It's got four stars on oh, that's not very good. On I Am Dizzabizzle. Four stars? Is that out of five? I believe that's out of ten. Oh, that's not good. Then. It's not very good, which is ironic because the next <clears throat> movie is from 2007 as well. This one's called Bloodlines. Bloodlines. And it has a 3.8 stars. Oh, that's even worse. Yet it's number three on our list. I don't know what to tell you. Three's like third grade. Maybe it goes the other way. In the sticks of Kentucky, a demented family of inbreds begin the process of cleaning up their bloodline. Is that Otis's family? That very well might be a documentary. Otis, they made a movie about you. Their twisted family is led by Billy Bob Hackerford. Oh, that's definitely Otis's family. Stars Grace Johnston, Jason Padgett, Tracy Kay, and Douglas Tate. That movie right there, 3.8 stars. Bloodline. Sounds like a magical film. I don't want to see it. Next one is number two here, which is kind of odd that it, the stars are going down in the number. <laughs> and the movies are kidding. What's wrong there, General? It's Mayor General. How many times do we got to tell you? This one's 2005's Death Tunnel. Death Tunnel? That's what I call my butt. <laughs> Snake pie, is that when you eat chili? It's when I eat chili and drink moonshine. I get the death total. I know that's exactly what it is. So this one gets 2.7 stars up here on IMDb. Stars Stephanie Huckabee, Melanie Lewis, Yolanda Picaro, and Kristen no- Novak. For an, it, Lord. For an it, <laughs> for, <laughs> for initiation stunt, five college women are locked in a Kentucky hospital. What's a college woman? College woman? Someone you're never, Wait a minute. They let, gonna meet. They let women go to college now? Yes, they do. I went to third grade. Did I tell you? I know you did. I'm smart. We're very proud of you. This was a Kentucky hospital built in 1910, where 63,000 people died from a disease known as the White Plague. 1910 was my pappy's birthday, I think. Well, deep under the hospital is the death tunnel, which uh, once, was, once was used to secretly remove the dead from the grounds. Sounds like my butt. Sounds very similar to a couple of different uh, episodes I've heard these uh, fellers talk about with the uh, tunnel underneath being taken away bodies. What fellers? These uh, midnight train fellers. Is that the one we robbed? I mean, is that that one that those other guys robbed that one time that we heard about? We're moving on. General, did he just give us up? No, you idiot. Number one is 1985's. The Return of the Living Dead. I heard about that one. I think that's about Otis's wife. When two bumbling employees in a medical supply warehouse accidentally release deadly gas into the air. It's my butt! It's my butt again! General, it's the death tunnel! Snake bites for your pooter! The vapors cause the dead to rise again as zombies. Got the vapors! 7.3 rating. Oh, that's good. Grossed $14.24 million. It's gross? Gross means that's how much money it accumulated. My death tunnel's gross. We know. Or could we say we can only imagine. You want to see it? No, sir. Now let's move on to the top movies filmed in West Virginia. Oh, I love West Virginia. It's for lovers, I think they said. Is, is that what they say? Or is that the other Virginia? 
Well, they've got 12 on this list. 12? We're going to do the top 10. Well, what about them other two? Well, I can tell you if you'd like to hear it. I would love to. Number 12, then, is Die and Lit Live, 2006. Sounds stupid. What's the next one? Dark Harvest from 2004. Dark Harvest? Is that when they go out and get the corn at night? It's a group of teenagers go to an inherited family farm only to be attacked that by a killer That sounds stupid. Scarecrow. What's the next one? Timber Falls, 2007. Timber Falls. A weekend of camping <laughs> in the mountains <laughs> becomes an excursion into hell for a young couple who become pawns in a grotesque plot hatched by deranged locals. 5.2. It made $0.05 million. Half a mil? I... Point zero five. Oh, zero five. That's like fifty thousand dollars. They didn't make a lot of money on that. Next one's That's two thousand. More money than I'll ever see. Very true. How much ne- money you got? Moving on. <laughs> Next one's two thousand nine. Blood wait Creek. A wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You got lots of money. I can't confirm nor deny anything that you may be asking. Gonna have a talk after this. That's fine. All right. Number eight. Number eight. 2002, The Mothman Prophecies. You know, I've heard of that. I figured you had. I believe that your boy or your nephew, is it your nephew that does the show? Who's that? Jonathan Sayer? Yes. He said something about that. He does talk an awful lot about the, him and the mother fellows. How come they didn't name him Valentine? Well, because his name is Jonathan. That's not a very strong name, though. I think it's just fine the way it is. Okay. Very strong family name. Anyway, that movie right there made $35.75 million. That's a lot of money. It sure is. Great movie. You could buy like 100 trailers for that. That's a lot. Next one's 2008's The X-Files, I Want to Believe. Is that the alien folk? That most definitely is. That's molded. Did I ever tell you I was abducted by aliens? That doesn't surprise me one bit. They put something in my death tunnel. I I feel sorry for those aliens. Perhaps that's why they have not returned. Yeah, they said they weren't going to call me. You should probably clean out your death tunnel once in a while, snake bite. I clean it out like three times a day, especially when I eat chili and pancakes. Down there in the wash? No, no, I just poop. Number That's how six. you clean it out, right? Number six is Wrong Turn 4, Bloody Beginnings. This is uh, 4.6. Wrong Turn 4? Yep. How many wrong turns these fucking people make? Apparently, quite often, they make wrong turns. Their horses got to be tired. Do Depending that. on which turns you make, if you make four wrong turns, you're right back where you started. 2010, number five here. 2010, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Those boys are funny. That's point two two million dollars they made on that there flick. Those boys are funny. Affable hillbillies Tucker and Dale are on a vacation. I knew those guys. Dilapidated mountain cabin when they are mistaken for murderers by a group Ugh. of preppy college students. Seven point five rating. My my auntie knew them boys. Okay, so number <clears throat> number four. Yeah, number four. Wrong turn three. Wait a minute, what? You know what number three is? It's right before four. Rogue turn number two. Very good, Otis. General, I knew it. You know. Wait it. a minute. Wait a minute. So there's wrong turn four is number six, and then wrong turn three is number four, and then wrong turn f- two is number three. Now you got it. 
I don't understand. Number two, any guesses? If it's wrong turn, I'm going to be fucking bad. Well, it's Silent Hill. Oh, Silent Hill. That's that's 6.5 rating, $46.98 million. A woman, Rose, goes in search for her adopted daughter within the confines of a strange, desolate town called Silent Hill. I think I heard that that's based off a real place. It most definitely is, and it's also based off a video game, I do believe. What's a video game? General, what the hell are you talking about? Can either of you tell me what number one is now? Wrong turn! Is there a number one? Let's see. Because we did two, three, and four. Wait, you sent a bitch? You got I assume. Yeah. And it's number one. I'm going to say it's Bonanza. No, I do believe Snakebite got it correct. I did? Wrong turn. They I'm made a wrong turn one after the other three? Unfortunately, wrong turn wrong movie I guess I don't know but yes there's a lot of lost people general there is a lot of lost people 6.1 rating on IMDB 15.42 million dollars Chris and a group of five friends are left stranded deep in the middle of the woods have you ever seen that movie general I don't believe I have no no do you go to a lot of movies general I do not they don't have a movie house out by me not very yeah I don't imagine that they would out there sometimes they hang a sheet from a tree and they make slideshows. That's about all we get. Well, if I'm not mistaken, people with sheets around your neighborhood are not very nice. I, I don't know what you're talking about. As they venture deeper into the woods, they face an uncertain and blood-curdling fate. Oh, no. So that there... Or what is their fate? You're not going to tell us? They die. Well, that's not very nice. That's what I'm saying. What was that? Is that a turkey? That's a, that's a gobble turkey. Yeah. General, we should get him and meet him. And those are the movies. What are movies? What we just discussed. There, snake bite. What was number one? Wrong turn. Four? The first. That, that. Oh. So, passengers out there, we hope you uh, sure have enjoyed your ride with us on. Uh, Who are you talking to? The Hatfields and the McCoys. Next week. Well, to be honest, I don't know what the hell we're diving into next week. I don't even know where we're at right now. I think it's going to be a surprise these boys are going to bring on to you. Oh, I like surprises. Make sure you stop Otis. on over. Hey, Otis, do you like surprises? I don't even know what a surprise is. Do you remember that time? Where, <laughs> you remember that time when I hid in your outhouse and then you went and you got in your outhouse and I poked my head out the, the toilet and I screamed really loud and you fell over? You remember that? No, but I remember your death tunnel smell in my outhouse. That was a surprise when I yelled and you fell out of the outhouse. You don't remember that? I don't remember. He might have been on moonshine. I don't know. Well, please make sure you stop on over there to the official website of the Midnight Train Podcast. That's midnighttrainpodcast.com. At that website, you can buy yourself some super nice merchandise. Listeners keep asking these fellas how they can keep the steam in their engines. Well, if you, you just put coal in the engine, General. You shovel it in. Yeah, my grandpappy was a coal man on the railroad. Everybody knows that. That's how you get the choo-choo going. Well, if you happen to like what you hear from us, which I highly doubt, consider being a producer of the show by heading on over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com and clicking on that there Patreon button. Or simply go to patreon.com forward slash the midnight train podcast. <laughs> For as little as $5 a month, you can get all kinds of things. Custom shirts, custom posters. A lot of money. Bonus $5? episodes. 
I don't make that in a month. You don't. I don't, unless one of my unless my crops come in. What kind of crops are you growing out there, Snakebite? I am not at liberty to discuss what kind of crops I'm growing. <laughs> Just know that it is a high quality operation. So if you are in fact a diehard midnight train fan, which it's gotta be, God bless your fucking souls. Tanner, why you say that? And you wanna help produce this show. Patreon is most definitely for you. I don't understand. For those of you that would rather just leave a one-time donation, you can head on over to PayPal and use the email address, the Midnight Train Podcast at Gmail. You sounds like a good fella. A PayPal? It's a, He's the kind of guy you take to the pissing pole. That's what I'm saying. He pays you to be your pal. I guess in some context, that's actually kind of what it is. I know. Third grade? Also, you can easily like, subscribe, and rate the show on your favorite podcast platform and most importantly share the midnight train to everyone it takes only a couple of minutes and word of mouth is how you're going to get more and more passengers as this train continues to roll on because you're putting coal in the engine and trains only hold so many people though you can add more cars to it if need be yeah but eventually the engine's gonna be like i can't do it we can buy another engine but that doesn't make any sense. You know, that reminds me. If you put two engines back to back, it actually creates more horsepower and you can pull more. But if, if you're back to back, one's going that way, one's going that way. You put one in reverse and the other one forward. There once was an engine going it. up a hill and he couldn't make it up and he said, I think I can, I think I can. Was that that Thomas fella? That's the little engine that could. He could what? He couldn't make it. But you said he could. He couldn't make it. Well, these fellas cannot thank you enough for all your love and support that they have received. And you guys really do keep this train moving for them. So thank you all so much for listening. So a big old... Yeah! big old Hatfield McCoy. Last episode of 2020. Rendition. For you guys out there. And a big thank you to... Lacey. Mikey. Ben. John. Nate, Tess, Heidi, Kaylin, Kevin, Samantha, Matt, Diana, Christopher, Jacqueline, Katie, Michaela, Ramsey, Tamar, Tommy Speakerbox. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What kind of name is Tamar? That would be her name, sir. Please do not. It's a her? I'm, I do believe so. Tamar. Tamar. That's how my pappy says tomorrow. We understand. That's because he's missing his teeth. And there's the, the Sister Skeleton. Please make sure you're checking out the Sister Skeleton podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. They're fishing too. They're made out of skeletons. Also, How are they alive, General? Also to Riley, Diane, Alina, Stephanie, Julie, Laura, Cynthia, Kirsten, Dawn, Nicola, Caitlin, Chanel, Alex. Chanel? Yes, that, that, that would be her name as well. Never heard that name before. Alex, Emily Ann, Son of Vasco, Alicia, Fran DePie, Danny, Melissa, Grace, Stormy, Eva, Melissa, Wayne, Victoria, Hanger, Sean, Chainsaw. Chainsaw? Is he, a, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it really a chainsaw? Yeah, it, that's his name, would be Chainsaw. Who would name their kid Chainsaw? That's just stupid. Some guy named Oliver. Oliver? Gamble. They call him the chainsaw. Why do they call him the chainsaw? Because he'll cut you. 
Also, doesn't sound very pleasant. Thank you to Jigsaw, Bill Sutton, Jigsaw, Todd, David V, uh, Juan, Belen, Ken, and Brad over at Voodoo Vodka. Voodoo, I don't fuck with Voodoo. That's not very good. <laughs> Stripper Kevin, Katie Brabinick. I like strippers. Davy, our Mexican Vato, and a very special thank you to the superhero Patreon producers who helped make this show what it is. Chad Flint, Cheryl Pierce. Hey, wait, real quick. Did you just I've say heard. real quick? I said real quick. They sound like you said wheel. No, if I would have said that, it would have been wheel quick. I said third grade education. I've heard things about that Chad Flint fella. Oh, and what exactly have you heard? I don't think I can repeat them. Then all, all I can tell you. Then why did you even bring it up? Because I just wanted to tell you that I've heard things about him. Point noted. <laughs> also, a huge thank you to producer Cheryl Pierce. Chris McLeod. She's from Texas. I know her. Justin Kowalczyk. Rob Webb over there at the Fun Box Podcast. Christina Skelton. Maria Gibbs. Jessica Bartolome. Another Skelton. Rick Resler. Courtney Bachelor. And, and the one and only Bill Birch. If those you, are some new peoples. I never heard those names before. Those are new people. And if you want your name That's to be mentioned good. on this show, just sign up as a member over at the official website. That, again, is the themidnighttrainpodcast.com. What's a website? Or become a Patreon producer. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for... Uh, General, I'm a patriot. Does that mean I get to produce? It's Patreon, not patriot. Is that French? Sounds foreign. I don't like it. You need to get the hell out of my country, General, if you're French. Please stay safe out there, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you so much for letting us into your ear holes for the last year, this horrible, horrible year. What about their death tunnels? I'm not going to give you. And I guess I'm supposed to say at the very end here, a simple choo-choo motherfuckers. Now go home and get your fucking shine box.